Hello and welcome to an awful lot of running, a Doctor Who podcast. Woo! There we go. Still got the woo. Changed our name a little bit, but we still got the woo. I'm Jack. I'm your resident Doctor Who uh, Uber fan, and I'm a teacher. I'm a father. Um, well, everything under the sun, really, I suppose. And joining me, as always, published author, the brigadier to my doctor. It's only. Robin Buddy Fole. What oh bloody lovely to be on the show it is, I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why, just when well, you call me the brigadier, I was like I I I'm not entirely sure what his voice is, but I just feel like I need to be all British and chat. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's, it's, it's all about uh, you know, stiff upper lip, sort of, you know. Doctor, yes, I, I do. I'm not I'm not I'm not John Coleshaw. I can't do a good impression of uh, Nicholas Courtney. I I'm sorry. Yeah. It's okay. Like most of our former listeners would just think that that's how British people talk anyway. So, yeah, it's true. To be fair, actually, you know, looking at the looking at the statistics, actually, we, we have got we've got listens all over the place, which is really strange. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. I, 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 I've got, go on. Show break this down. You know, this is completely. We're already off the rails. We're what two minutes <laughs> in and we're off the rails. Let's break it down. Let's look at the analytics, shall we? That's uh. This is probably for. For you know, for you know, not interesting to anyone but us. Mm. Let's have a look. Okay, so yeah, well, you know, st standard straight away. You know, fifty nine percent of our listeners are in the UK, probably a given. Sense, you know, yeah. really, twenty six percent in uh, the United States. You know, Weird. okay, yeah, yeah, four percent in Australia apparently. Ah, good day, mates. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. No, no, oh. no. Um, three <laughs> percent in Germany. I'm definitely not touching that. <laughs> no. uh, two two percent in Canada, apparently, and then we've just got one percent in the Isle of Man, New Zealand, Brazil, Ireland, Austria, Austria, Philippines, Hungary, Italy, Finland, Belgium. It, it goes on, wow. like it goes on, on, on. on. It's uh, well, fantastic, wow. really. You know. Thank you all for touching in and listening in. And um, to Australian fans, it was nice knowing you. I'm terribly sorry if I just offended all of you, but uh... <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, can I just say, um, you may have noticed some changes around here. Um, you know, specifically, you've got a new logo, a new look to the podcast, and what have you. And uh, we changed our name as well. Um, you know. When we hit the 100k uh, listens, which not 100k, sorry, 1k, sorry, we've got over a thousand plays now, Robin, not 100k. Oh, okay, we're, we're getting there. That, you, you know, you, yeah, one, one, you know, 1,000 is really great, you know, and I'll take that a lot. So thank you to anyone who has taken the time to listen to a podcast, if not, you know, more than one as well. You've joined it, so thank you so much for that. But yeah, um, when we initially came up with the idea of an awful lot of running. Uh, we kind of, you know, tongue in cheek sort of thought of, oh, it'd be kind of funny to do, to call ourselves the unofficial, official Doctor Who podcast. And, uh, you know, when we, before we even started, I, I thought it was quite funny. I, I, don't, I can't speak to you for, you for you, Robin, but, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was just a funny little, oh, you know, wink and a nudge, really, you know. 
Yeah, no, I, I thought so as well, mate. And I never thought of it as anything other than that. Yeah, no, and I it was, you know, before we started this, I sort of knew of maybe one or two Doctor Who podcasts, really. And it's only since really getting into this, um, it feels like everyone and their mum has got a Doctor Who podcast at this point now. <laughs> and it didn't, I didn't feel right. Like the first time I even said it, to be honest, the first time I said it, I didn't feel right to go in the. Sorry, my wife's just uh, coughing at the corner of people. Don't worry, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel right saying the unofficial official Doctor Who podcast because what felt funny to me, I then worried it might have felt it might have been pretentious, or people might have thought that I had some sort of ego, which I really don't towards this. So, with a new logo and a rebrand and exciting things coming in the future, I decided. Yeah, you know what? Let's go with what we are, a Doctor Who podcast. You know, a Doctor yeah. Who podcast. We're not above anyone. We're, you know, we're we're peers with these people. I love what they do, and hopefully they love what we do as well. And it's just, let's go forward, just being straightforward and honest. Let's not have some stupid, stupid joke in our title. Let's just be an honest Doctor Who podcast. Yeah, 100%, mate. And, you know, while I never thought for a million years that we were being pretentious or anything, I can understand, you know, that could have been um, something that people saw from that title. And, uh, yeah, I agree. Mm. It's time for a bit of a rebrand. And, yeah, mate, you know, I, I love the logo that you've made. Um, Jack here is our resident designer of... Um, that lovely new logo that we've got and it just yeah it took me all of five minutes uh to type in <laughs> the uh stuff but uh i quite like it i think it's simplistic enough it's quite understated i think it's nice and also it lended itself very nicely to what will be our new show uh as well which which will be under the an awful lot of running label or the umbrella, if you will. So uh, you know, we can talk about that later. You know, we can talk I, about I was that. Say, time, you know? not, not yet, I've, Jack. Got to uh, get them. In hey, there's, there's, you know, I've put out some stuff on Twitter. If people follow us at an awful lot of running, then they will already know stuff. But um, otherwise, if you if you listen to us now, go follow us. On Twitter, uh, the you know official podcast is like I say, an awful lot of running. I'm on there as an awful and an awful Jack. So you know, check it, check it, check check me out and check out the podcast because uh, we we do share some cool stuff. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, let's let's forget that a minute. Let's talk about something else, Robin. Um, uh, how has your panini press been uh, treating you? <laughs> I have been absolutely grand, mate. Um, I've I've been doing various different things, mate. Lots and lots of reading. Um, I've been reading the original one of the Miles Morales Spider-Man series, oh, which back so when back when Bendis was good. <laughs> yeah, just it really does show the differences writing back then to now, which is. You know, that that is very much a, an objective opinion, you know, and, you know, you're entitled to think what you want of various writing and everything. Mm-hmm. Some writers get better, some have their slumps. Like, I can't exactly talk much. I haven't even finished finishing my second book, but uh, no. Oh, but, it's um, all right. You, you, you're not George R. R. Martin yet. 
oh, you, you mean how he's just announced today that he's going to be writing some Marvel comic books, which I can't wait to finish reading in, what, 10 years' time? George, just finish the winds of fucking winter. Just, <laughs> come on. Like, we've been waiting long enough now. Just, but, just but, come uh, on. Don't you want to possibly see the potential of a, like, not all too late Game of Thrones Marvel crossover with the Hulk fighting dragons and, yeah, just far too late. <laughs> that that train has departed. I think I would rather eat my own eyelids. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> um, moving on, I've also been reading. Um, oh. I've, I've almost finished uh, Six of Crows, which is an amazing book. 100% recommend. Uh, thank you, Jack, for such a terrific present. I love reading that book. Um, and Crisis on Infinite Earths from DC Side of Things, which I tell you what, that is an amazing bedtime book because you're lying in bed and that book is not only chonky, but it is a proper novel with how much. Oh yeah, wording. like it's it's dense, it's it's dense. But also, I find it's it's difficult because like, yeah, it's dense. But there's also like a million fucking things going on in every panel because George oh, Perez God. is just the master of fitting every comic book character into every panel. Like it's it's both amazing, but at the same time, like I go to bed, I read it for like a couple of pages, and then I'm like, yep. I'm exhausted now. My eyes are exhausted from just trying to follow all of this. Down for bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, but mate, that and um, a Kickstarter that I did a while back finally come out a few weeks ago. And I've been very much enjoying The Legend <sighs> of Vox Machia, the uh, Critical Role series, which oh. Oh, amazing stuff, guys. Like, fan of critical role right here and while i've not been able to catch up with every single episode because who's got time for that or <laughs> i mean a, lo a lot of, a lot of people apparently do like <laughs> i don't know how they must be you know bordering or homeless and uh you know or millionaires because i certainly don't have time to watch like the three hours a week let alone catch up with the backlog of campaigns one and two Hey, like I watched this, which is amazing animation, like superb voice work. Of course, it's going to be, but all these elements, all these amazing guest stars, David Tennant, you know, relevant right there to this. Uh, little well, show. well, and um, and then you're like, oh, I I love this, you know. Let's, you know, what? I'm going to watch uh, the first campaign. How many episodes is that? Oh, like a hundred plus. Well, that's fine. Yeah, that's like, not too bad. How long is each episode? Three hours. Oh. Yeah, Great. so you're looking at 300 hours plus of content. <laughs> Which, you know, I'm not complaining. It's just, I don't oh, see no, myself. I, I just don't see myself catching up on that. It's like it's like when someone says to me, oh, you should watch or read One Piece. I'm like, <laughs> yes, I would, I would love to. But, mm. uh, you know, uh, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to set aside such a huge part of my schedule to be able to do I, that. I want to so much. Like, I started watching it. I got to, like, episode 60 or something. And they're like, oh, but, mate, it gets so much better when it reaches episode 100. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, I'm trying 
I'm trying to get there, but it's just yeah. See, <laughs> in, in, you know, a sort of a red flag for me is when someone says to me, "Oh, it gets good after episode a hundred. It's like, oh, to be fair, I was I was enjoying One Piece from you know from episode one, but you know, if it, it gets really oh, good, same. then yeah, but yeah, same. It's not know. to say that it wasn't good. I was oh, really no, 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 no. I know. No, no, no. I know. I know. I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, yeah. Other than that, um, tell tell me, Jack, have you ever played um, Tyler Tasmanian Tiger? Um, I want to say yes, but for some reason, the minute you went Tasmanian, and my head was like, "He is doesn't Tasmania, doesn't Tasmania, doesn't Tasmania." But I know it's not. I know it's not that. But you know. Yeah, no, they've um they recently done like a HD remasters of those games, which are absolutely fantastic, like real great platformers, Australian setting. So I had a bit of that in my system playing it before this. So <laughs> when you brought up Australia, I've sort of perked up a bit, really like, oh yeah, cool. I've been playing a bit of that recently. Crikey, um, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um it, it definitely borders that game or whether or not the paid homage or being slightly stereotypical but uh there's no a knife this is a knife <laughs> sorry um, uh sorry to the one australian uh listener who that. just switched off just like no it's not for me <laughs> again you know that's I, I think that's fine it's um when you try to do a say German or something where it gets a bit more that's that's let's yes let's move on um, and that's maybe, maybe it was wrong maybe it was space Australia maybe it was Jace from the Guinea uh, Force that was you know <laughs> space Australia <laughs> uh but um enough about me being a clearly a massive uh indecent person um how about you Jack <laughs> what have you been up to <laughs> Indecent. <laughs> I don't think you meant to say that. <laughs> I mean, it's already been said now, so it's like there's no safe in that. <laughs> wow, yeah. Um, take, take that for what you will, listeners. Um, oh my god, yeah. Um, well. Um, I'll address the elephant in the room. Yeah, it's been a while since we did a podcast. Um, you know, we did one all the way back at the start of January with Josh Carr, which I think was a pretty freaking good episode, if I'm honest, because Josh was just an amazing guest. I just thought that we were riffing really well. And, you know, it was great to talk about those underrated bangers too, as well as, you know, having that great interview. But uh, since then, I've started a new job, which has been fun. I've also been ill quite a bit which has not been great and so that's no. you know let's put things off so you know we, we are going to talk about either the daleks today we are uh you know we will at some point today but uh <laughs> yeah i know um but since then i've uh listened to a lot of big finish a lot because i've been commuting again to work and what have you so it's been really nice to sit and have some doggy who as i go i uh i listened to the brand new uh third Doctor Avengers set, The Annihilators, which features a multi-Doctor story. It's a seven-part story set during season seven of the classic show when the Doctor was Earth-bound and the TARDIS didn't work. And it was basically just... It's really great because uh, Nick Briggs on the behind-the-scenes talked about 
the, this era and why he loves it so much and what, what his um, co-host of the Big Finish podcast called it. It's basically it's Doctor Who if it's made by ITV. <laughs> which I think is a great comparison because it's like, you know, stories are seven episodes long, some of them. Um, it's It's got a much more sort of like like B movie feel to it rather than being a sci-fi show. It's it's basically Quatermass in the pit rather than you know rather than Doctor traveling different planets. He's Earthbound for an entire season, and it's a lot of fun, you know. Mm. And but then you know it's a great box set, The Annihilators, written by Nick Briggs. But then you also have coming to the story the second Doctor and Jamie his companion, but Jamie being older than he was when he left the Doctor in the war games, meaning this is big finish, you know, and they say as well, oh, we whacked in, we whacked in uh, the, the second Doctor and Jamie in there as a hint to what's coming in the upcoming second Doctor um, box sets that we're going to do. Nice. So it's it's big finish being like, yeah, Season 6B is canon, bitches. <laughs> which is this, you know, which I'm sure means nothing to you, Robin, but let me explain it very quickly. At the end of the the second Doctor's um, se- the final series, that being Season 6 of the classic run, he's forced, at the end of the War Games, which is his final story, it's thought that he's forced to regenerate into the third Doctor by the Time Lords. He's sentenced to exile on Earth and is forced to regenerate. Okay. But... There are quite a few stories that sort of um, uh, that mess with the continuity of that in a way. Like in the Five Doctors, he appears and he's older, and it doesn't make sense why the Second Doctor could be there then. The same with the Two Doctors later on. Like there's an older Jamie and older Second Doctor. It doesn't quite make sense, and people are confused about that. And there's different references as well that just make no sense uh, and what have you. But then the theory of season 6B came out where where it was actually, well, what if after the war games, the Time Lords actually used the second Doctor as a like secret agent for the Celestial Intervention Agency before they made him regenerate and sentenced him to Earth, which was what a lot of people thought the Fugitive Doctor was, Robin. Back okay. when, back in season 12, or series 12, when Joe Martin came out, people thought, oh, she's a, six, she's, she's a season 6B Doctor. That's why she's got the TARDIS that looks like that and what have you, which would make a lot more sense. No, that's not into that. Let's not, not do it. Let's not do it. Let's not do it. I love, I love the Fugitive Doctor. I love Joe Martin. Genuinely, if they announce the Fugitive Doctor box set at Big Finish, oh, if they announce that, if they announce that like right now, I would just, um, we're, we're, we're I'd, waiting. I'd lose it. You know, the announcement. There's apparently a Big Finish announcement. It's meant yeah. to be. Oh, actually, yeah. It's, uh, Ooh, Gallifrey War Room apparently is the announcement. What's the trouble of a Gallifrey War Room? Um, oh, it's a trailer, is it? Oh, yeah, it's a trailer for... It looks like it's a, a continuation of the Gallifrey series um, after the end of a Gallifrey Time War box set four. So, uh, breaking news, people. They're doing that, yeah. Was, was that a good series? I've not checked it out, but I know people love Garfrey. I know people do. So yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It's not it's not the big hype thing I was expecting for this, but you know, it's cool just to know that Garfrey's back. I know a lot of people will be happy about that. But yeah, it's really cool. But yeah, no, if they announced a, a 
uh, Fugitive Doctor box set, I would probably get whiplash um, from the speed I would be hitting the Big Finish website to pre-order that shit. <laughs> I just sorry, folks. We're just going to have to pause the podcast for a minute. Jack has to do a pre-order. You know. Yeah, can you imagine. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. So I listened to that. I also listened uh, to, sorry to the Third Doctor Annihilators. I really enjoyed that. A lot of fun. It felt so reminiscent of that era of the show, and it was just a beautiful love letter to it. And then I took a trip back to 2005, Robin, because oh. I listened to the fourth uh, Ninth Doctor box set, that being Old Friends, featuring Christopher Eccleston back as the Ninth Doctor, featuring John Colshaw, um, uh, oh. work as as the late Nicholas Courtney's uh, brigadier. And doing a spectacular job. Like his, he sounds just like Nicholas Courtney. He sounds just like the Brigadier John Coltrell does. And it's amazing. And it also features, which Big Finish didn't reveal until the actual day, which I love. And I'll say it now because they've put it out there. It's on the box art now. If you look at it, it's a spoiler that is out there, people. Old Friends doesn't just, isn't just referring to the Brigadier and the Ninth Doctor. It's also referring to the Cyberman. As uh, is a beautiful World Nothing Time Doctor Falls uh, Mondashian Cyberman on the box. And oh, I just, I love these Night of Doctor releases. I really do. I wish, I wish I could take these stories and just give them to my 15 year old self. I wish I could just go back in time and be like, you know, right after the end of Parting of the Ways where. He regenerates, and I'm feeling a bit sad, a bit somber. I'm not really sure where Doctor Who's going to go. I'm not really sure where, you know, I understand this is a fan or what have you. I'd love to go back and just go, Oi, kid, check these out. And just, oh, because I do. Look, I'm going to be honest. A lot, Some of the stories I don't think are as good as some of the stuff Big Finish has done before. Okay, but fair, fair. Eccleston is so amazing in the role. You just you just end up not caring because you're just so enamored and you're so just like, he's back. He's the doctor. He's my first doctor. And it's just, oh, you know, Sometimes it's, it's it wonderful. Takes a wonderful actor to just sell a performance or to sell a story. And mm-hmm. extant, he was like pretty much our first doctor into the fray of things. And mm-hmm. he is just, he's fantastic yeah i had to say for, it. i'm for, sorry for lack of a better yeah. term he absolutely is fantastic yeah and <laughs> i have like i say you know i'm gonna be honest i think the range are maybe not the best thing that big finish are putting out at the minute but it's so worth it if you love eccleston if you're a if you're a 2005 rose baby like like robert and myself you owe it to yourselves to listen to these genuinely you know you really do so, yeah, uh, I, I really want to tell you what. So that's that's two box sets I've really enjoyed. I'm looking forward to next month uh, the Sixth Doctor Lost Story release, the Lost Russell T Davis story for the Sixth Doctor, being the mind of Hodiak or Hondak, which is going to be pretty cool. And then there'll be other things out this year as well, which I'm looking forward to, as as well as what I think of it, Robin. Mm-hmm. We, yes. I feel like we did this. I feel like you, me, and Davis did this with our Doctor Who What If episode. Okay. They're bringing back Doctor Who Unbound. No. Yeah, they're bringing what? back Doctor Who Unbound at Big Finish, which is their Dude, what I if. Which is missed that. Yeah, that's their what if series. They've got a whole box set with the War Six, basically, with Colin Baker playing 
a what if version of the Doctor, of the Warrior, and it oh, oh. it looks like it's going to be fun, man. And again, it oh, is. Oh, that's you know, awesome. So I'm uh, I'm taking full credit for that, as I think Yoshi you should, and Davis, if you're listening, take full credit as well. So you are welcome, <laughs> fandom. You're welcome for that. Yeah. And then you, apart- you make us now. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. <laughs> which is which is all we'll get into in terms of breaking, you know, Doctor Who news, apart from one other thing we'll just talk about there. So we don't really do that anymore because I feel like it dates us, but it is nice to talk about every now and again, little things. But yeah, <coughs> pardon me. The only other thing which I've really been doing recently has I've just, sorry, I just I just hit the jumperoo, which is which, which any parents listening right now will know a jumperoo, but everyone else is like what I just knocked myself into basically one of the children's toys and it just made a bouncy noise. So sorry about that. <laughs> but no, but yeah, but apart from that, the other thing which I've been diving into a lot has been first of all was Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. I got on Switch and loved it. Oh that's absolutely loved game. it. I, I need to dive back into that because I need to do the um DLC stuff now for which which came bundled on the Switch, which is great. So I need to get into the Battle of Gods and Resurrection Resurrection F stuff. I need, I need my Super Saiyan God and Super Saiyan Blue, basically. <laughs> I, I need to get back into Super. I need to finish that before the new mm. movie comes out. And the big one. Like, I felt like I felt like Toy Story when I, when, I, when I could get home and I could play it. Because it was like, oh, it came, it finally came. The big one. Pokemon <laughs> Legends Arceus. And uh, Jack, has it, you know, lived up to expectations? You know, is it the Pokemon game that we've always wanted? It, it's, it's in my opinion, this is the Pokemon game we've dreamed of. This is where the series needs to go with this. Because my God. Robin, let me let me pitch this to you now, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, please, please. First, first of all, it's basically a Pokemon Isekai. <laughs> nice. Yeah. The, you... The way you catch Pokemon has been revolutionized completely. And it mm-hmm. is so much fun now. Like, it's so fun to catch Pokemon and so satisfying because you don't necessarily have to send a Pokemon into battle. You can just fucking solid snake your shit around them and throw a <laughs> ball the, and break the back of their head and catch them in like that. <laughs> And, and and when you do, it's really cool. When you do catch a Pokemon from behind and it hits in the back of the head or hits him in the back, you get this really satisfying rumble on the on the Joy-Con, and you're just like, yeah. Jack, you're sounding so bloodthirsty right now. Oh my god! Well, the Pokemon in it are so bloodthirsty because here's the thing: the Pokemon don't come for your Pokemon anymore. They come for you, motherfucker. <laughs> You came to the wrong neighborhood, motherfucker. Like literally, you the first area you t- step a toe out of line, a fucking shanks or a breezel is going to come for you. <laughs> and you wait till you get later in that game because believe me now, right, Robin? Okay, different. Which Gen One Pokemon would you not expect to be like? Fuck it, I'm going for this shit now. I, I you came to the wrong neighborhood, son. Oh, like, 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 think, think a bug and grass type, just to narrow it down completely. Oh, like a like Cappy or something. Okay, okay, no, so not Cappy. Cappy doesn't appear in it, no. Okay, but oh, it's okay. another like pathetic one, and it's not Weedle. Okay, it's a pathetic bug type. I'm just gonna tell you now. Yeah, you see a Paris, they will fucking <laughs> come for you in this game. 
that little fucking like, oh, I'm near Paris. I'm, you know, little, you know, like, oh, I'm the little crab bug thing with the little yeah, mushrooms yeah. on me. You know, I turn to Parasect, which, the, you know, where, where the mushrooms taken over, apparently, called yeah. Pokedex, you know, the Parasite on. And I oh, remember yeah. that, like, you know, the one, do you remember the, in the Pokemon anime, where it's like the episode and they have to make, they have to train up the Paris because it's like all weak and shit. And then one, after one day, it evolves into a Parasect or something, even though it was weak <laughs> as shit, you know, right? Yeah. Because it yeah. got so much XP. Um, yeah. Those little fuckers will come for you. They see you and they are like, <laughs> Paris, motherfucking kill you, bro. Now, now I'm imagine is that YouTube clip of that crab that gets given the knife and its pincers. Is that coming after you? Literally. <laughs> literally. It is literally that. Like, Paris and Parasect are fucking on you. Like, it's scary. I mean, that game, it looks... I love the visuals of that game. I love that time period. Um, there's something about feudal Japan. It is feudal Japan, I'm right. Yeah, it's like feudal. Yeah. It's like it's basically you're in the origins of the. Uh, you're basically it's basically like a prequel to Diamond and Pearl. Mm. So you're in like the the ancient, not ancient. You know, you're, you're like feudal era Sinnoh, basically is what it is. Yeah. So people are still Mate. kind. Of, people are still kind of scared of Pokemon. Like, like the whole game is basically you bringing Pokemon to society, and it's so it's so cool to see that. You know, that's cool like you bring yeah. pokemon in at the start of the game people are like ah fuck a pokemon and then by the end they're like oh cool pokemon you know which i think that's a really cool way of taking the series because back when pokemon originally came out i was huge mega pokemon fan like how jack on the show is huge doctor who fan i was the huge pokemon fan i knew all the information i had all the stickers the pokemon cards like kids who wanted that spare that they didn't have like hey kid come to me i'm the hustler kid with the playground i've got yeah. multiple copies you've spoken you've spoken about this before yeah you've been like you know you, you, you'd be the kid that people go to and get their fucking water energy from <laughs> bloody hell hey you know it's not my fault if they throw those cards away don't know what to do with them <laughs> you know, just, uh <laughs> gotta make hands meet somehow um <laughs> that no. pocket buddy but yeah, um, yeah kids gotta eat <laughs> like you know i i love the games but i really got burnt out and i i came back for S sword and shield felt it wasn't the big new pokemon game that i was waiting for but it sounds to me as if legends is yeah. finally got me back I, in the game I, I enjoyed i enjoyed sword and shield for what it was i did i didn't get the dlc i didn't feel the need to i was quite happy with the actual game you know, I just thought, I think I was very excited for it to be a UK slash Scotland based, you know, Pokemon game, basically, you know, mm. but Legend is everything I want for a Pokemon game for years, genuinely. Only issue is, this is like the, this apparently is the Pokemon game that my wife is now a big fan <laughs> of. So we've only got the one Switch. So it now means that when we get in the evening, now we're fighting over who gets to play it. In fact, she's, she's playing it right now. You, you enjoying it? Good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's just nodding at me now. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, it's it's not, you know, anything mundane that you're arguing about or the bills. It's it's over Pokemon. That, oh, yeah. That's how, that's how it starts. <laughs> Pretty much, Yeah. <laughs> But no, it's it's yeah, it's 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 well, it's just wonderful. Wow. 
It's oh. fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. I mean, you know what else is fantastic, Jack? Which I feel I have to quickly throw in here before we get onto our main juicy project, um, our topic rather. Um, mainly because we we brought this up in our Christmas episode, said we'd talk about it, and never did because we were so excited. We were chatting away for like a sort of what three hours was it? Like we yeah. never actually brought up our thoughts on No Way Home, which is holy shit the best spider-man movie like nah you know what it's not it's really not like if it it was good it would have been nominated for an oscar you you shut your mouth there jack (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying you know it's probably going to be the highest grossing movie ever um people love it people have probably watched it more than some of the other ones that have been nominated why couldn't it have been why couldn't it have been nominated for best picture are you really going to sit there and tell me that some of those were better stories than than no way home you really telling me that don't look up was a better movie than mm. no way home but you know let, let's face it the oscars have been irrelevant for, for many a year at this point i i mean if what the original Suicide Squad can get an award for like best makeup. Then, what does that tell you? It's like, yeah, exactly, yeah. But yeah um, no, but no, no. Uh, jokes aside, I loved No Way Home. I cried. I cried. I cried. I cried. I cried, I cried so much. Happiness, sadness, just like. Is, is it a spoiler at this point to talk about like right that's 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 just say just because i feel like everyone knows now i feel like people have done interviews and what have you about it and it's been all over tiktok anyway which is why i stayed off the internet i literally the minute the film released mm. i stayed off the internet but let's do it now let's okay so spoilers three two one andrew garfield and toby Maguire. In the movie, Andrew, you are the fucking werewolf. You are the fucking werewolf. Andrew, can can I just say? Can I just say? (laughs) Yes, you're amazing, Titic Boom. We all know that. Let's face. We know that the Oscar nomination is really for you denying that you were in this movie. That's the real reason you've got that Oscar nomination. He stole it, he did. Like, I, I love all of them. They were all great. And the fact that both times I went to see this movie, both times when Andrew and when Toby appeared on screen, wows of applauses in the cinema. Just like that energy and that. Do you know, <laughs> do you know what? I knew. I knew because, because, because the leaks have been everywhere. I knew the minute, the minute Charlie Cox appeared, I was like, I, I, was, I knew it was happening. I knew we were going to get it for real. I, I love that as well. I, I was giddy from that. Like, and you know what? It was a great movie at doing fan service right. You know, it wasn't too blatant, but it also felt like these plots were connected, that this felt like a bigger thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it wasn't just Tom's movie. It felt like a genuine, organic continuation of toby's story and andrew's story you know 100%. and i i say that as someone who didn't even i loved andrew garfield i didn't like his movies that much 
Like I remember going to see the Amazing Spider-Man with you in the theater oh. and just being like, "Oh," and we, I I shat That's on that movie a lot, you know. And I, you know, well, actually, looking back on it, I, I think I shat on it a bit too much. And I feel like a lot of people are thinking the same thing because I really want an Amazing Spider-Man three now. That's the thing. Like, if they were to turn around and say, "Oh, we're going to bring these actors back for other movies," hell yes, because they've still got it. And they're such distinct personalities. If they, if they could actually give us the the Spider Man Four with Toby, I mm. just I'd have it be, have it be the Swan Song. Like, you know what? I think at this point we've proved we can do it. I think you've, we've proved that you can have all these things happen. And the idea of a multiverse, people are just down for it now. You know, I think we're past the days of just being confused about. Oh, but but but. But Christian Bale's Batman, so how can Ben Affleck be Batman? Like, I think we're past that now, you know, even with just general movie-goer audiences, you know? Mm. I feel like, you know, we can have, you know, you can have Robert Pattinson, who looks amazing as Batman, by the way. He, like, I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm hyped for the Batman. It looks so good. <laughs> but, you know, we can have that, and it still be, yeah, that's Earth 2. You know, we still got Batman over here. You know, and can I just say, all the villains returning as well? Great, literally, Goblet. literally, it was oh. like Smash Bros. Everyone is here. Seeing Green Goblin again and seeing mm. him like ah oh, suplex Spider Man through several floors. Oh my god! In a like, building that that was. Let's be honest, Willem Willem Dafoe came to play like oh my god like to not just be the best spider-man villain in an original an original trilogy to also be the best spider-man villain in the mcu as well <laughs> like just I, I wow love the fact as like, well that he came back but he insisted that he still did like his fight scenes so oh, that is yeah. him just going at it which is oh just my god that's awesome. so good. and that scene the scene like i always think of there's so many scenes i love in it but the scene when um peter's or like you know when tom i'm just gonna say tom because when Tom's spider sense goes crazy and like he's yeah. like everything slows down it's like what's going and then he realizes it's the goblin and it's like that's mm. some neat trick that sense of yours no one's on sabbatical, honey. Oh, <laughs> just like sorry. How did Willem Dafoe not get not get, not get nominated for an Oscar for that performance? He should have straight he, up. He is an actor. If I know he's in a movie, I'm gonna have a blast watching it. Mm -hmm. um, but can I just say one of the best moments in that whole movie? It's it's Andrew catching MJ and having oh, that kind god. of inner redemption just oh god I feel so did sad you, did you hear did you hear about the deleted scene which apparently is a genuine deleted scene what's this that that they were going to have a post the post credit scenes were going to be Toby and Andrew back in their universes right yeah and Andrew's scene was going to be him going to Gwen's grave and saying about what happened there and about how you know they had their Gwen, you know, they had their MJs, what have you, that, you know, I finally had, yeah. I finally had brothers, you know, they had their MJs and I saved one. And like, yeah. and it's like, oh, oh. 
dude, that that would have been amazing. I, I thought you were about to tell me, like, and then he hears Gwen's voice, and it's like Spider Gwen or something, and that's no, how they introduced no. her. But, you know, just... I wouldn't be surprised at something. But also, can we talk about how Venom definitely isn't in the MCU? So which Spider-Man universe is he in? That's that's just a weird, weird can of worms right there. I mean, mm. I want him to be in the MCU 100% and just whether or not they're going to bring him into Venom 3 or something. Like, are we, like, like can you imagine if in Venom 3, Andrew Garfield is just there? Like, because it because isn't Morbius set in the same universe? Uh, like Morbius has been pushed back for like the fifth millionth time, but uh, but like, isn't that set in the same universe as Venom? And some um, reason, after some reason, Vulture is in it. As well. That's the thing, because Vulture's there. But then, a lot of people have been connecting the dots and saying that it makes sense for it to be Andrew's universe. If Venom Free could turn out to be the unofficial Amazing Spider-Man Free. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that that'd be interesting as well. But yeah, I feel like this has now become the Spider-Man podcast. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, let's, uh, so let's 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 cap it off. Let's say Spider-Man, good, good, good. <laughs> Man, Spider, good. Yes, yes, very good. Um, something else that came out around Christmas as well, man. Mm-hmm. It, you know, very festive in the season, what have you, and we were jolly because on you know on New Year's Day we had. Eve the Daleks, a brand yes. new episode of Doctor Who, you know, wrapping things up from flux, what have you, not wrapping up an awful lot, but then wrapping up some things and doing other things. And straight up, can I just say it now? I really enjoyed Eve the Daleks. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was such a great blast. And not mm-hmm. only was it a Groundhog Day story, which we've seen in medias uh, loads of other times, mm-hmm. but what they did with it yeah i love like the how it was different how you had them you know with every loop they lost a minute and i loved yes. how you got to the part where nick's like nick nick the uh, you know hadn't made it past a certain loop or what have you and they had to then make sure he made it past because otherwise the loop after he would have been dead no matter what mm. and they wouldn't have been able to save him like it's great because it adds urgency and it's natural to think, oh, this is leading up to midnight. This is a mm-hmm. New Year's episode. That is a general connection. And oh, and it's smart as well with them having to be like, okay, the second to last loop, we've got to do things completely differently just to throw off the Daleks. Like we've just got we've just got to mildly inconvenience the Daleks to then <laughs> fuck their shit up in the last run. You know? I'd <laughs> Yeah, just that, and just so the Daleks can be extra cool, they have these brand new executioner Daleks oh, yeah, with the, the machine gun lasers, the Gatling guns, but... so cool. Oh, so cool! Right, what? let's 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 go let's go up the box. So, yeah, we both okay. enjoyed it. Both enjoyed it. Okay, <laughs> I enjoyed it a whole lot more than the last uh, New Year special. I'm not a fan of Revolution yeah. of the Daleks. Really not. I have a lot of issues with that. I won't, I won't voice them now because let's focus on the good things. Let's talk about nice things, you know. Even the Daleks, yeah, yeah. just a fun episode. We have, you know, we open up on elf storage, you know, 
which should be self-storage, you know, as we know, apparently. Mm. Yeah. And uh, we have Iceland Bees, uh, Ashling Bees, uh, sorry, uh, Ashling Bees character, who is, uh, honest to God, I don't know why she's not playing Doctor Who before, because she's an amazing comedic actress who's done great things. Um, This Way Up is her own show, which is apparently is really good. Um, she's been on lots of stuff I've seen before as well. Just really funny, really funny. She's in as a character. And then we have Nick as well who's mm. a great character as well. Although, kind of creepy upon, in, I'm, on hindsight. I'm glad, no, I'm, I'm glad you said that, Jack, because I wasn't sure it was just me who yeah. felt that way. He, 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 right, okay. Okay, let's just unpack it. Okay, let's unpack it, the episode. Okay, sure, so that's, sure. you know, the they are both killed by Daleks, okay? That's just what happens, you know? And you have the great, oh, my God, I laughed so hard. I laughed so hard and genuinely barely. I had to pause the episode when I think Sarah is Ashley B's character, isn't it? You know, when she turns around yeah. and she's like, Oh, Nick, you know, cause if she turns around, it's a fucking Dalek. And the Dalek goes, I am not Nick. <laughs> and knowing the fact that Nick Briggs voiced the Daleks, I just, <laughs> I lost it. I just, oh. I thought it was the funniest fucking line that and daleks do not have managers yes yes that's the line that cracked me up i just oh it was you know i love that i love that so i because I, as much as i love my shouty boys and as much as yeah you know the night doctor says a dalek is a genius is a genius you know just because they're a genius just because they're geniuses doesn't mean they can't be fucking stupid yeah you know <laughs> And like, oh, I just, I love it. I loved it so much. It just made me laugh just for the matter of being like, you are Nick, you are Nick. And then like, the managers think, oh, just, yeah, brilliant. Really great, really great stuff. But yeah, Nick's kind of creepy. Yeah, just, I I would admit, I, I while I love the episode, I think Nick was the kind of the weakest point of the episode for me mm -hmm. where not that i couldn't see these two getting together but i just felt like if they could just dial it I back felt, i felt it was a bit forced and like there's there's a lot of issues like number one he goes there because he likes her on new year's eve so she's gonna have to be there past midnight he has a storage room full of like stuff from his exes, exes. and there's a whole lot, a lot there's a stuff. lot of stuff like i think it would have made more sense if he actually like you know yaz yaz makes a line about like you were a serial killer yeah i'm yeah, like that, that's what i thought like, <laughs> i'm like mm, brian would have made more sense if she if he had been you know like i i first thought oh this is just random crap stuff that he's just making an excuse to see her i thought it was yeah random crap makes you sell stuff that he'll sell on you know yeah or like you know oh this is stuff he's selling on ebay or something that's why it's got someone's name there because he's deal dealing with it later nope not, not, just full-on not shoes which makes it really come across as like so, sorry you like killing them in your basement where their skin like jesus christ it's, it, it did not sit well with me i'll say that much yeah mm. and then you also have the fact that later on the episode when they're locked in his storage room the dark he you know sarah is saying horrible things to him about him and he just decides to run out there and die 
because basically she'd been saying horrible things to him, you know, which is yeah, a little bit manipulative in my mind, you know, but yeah, but uh, he does have a really, he has an amazing line and I'm not going to do it in his accent, but the, the bit when he's got the two Daleks and he's trapped and he ducks and the Daleks end up just fucking killing each other. And he jumps up and goes, yeah, that's right. You can't kill Rasta. I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah. And then he, and then the doctor runs in. I was like, how did you, this is a, like, how did you do that? It's like, oh, you know, it's just, you know, and he says to the Bible, and he's like, you just duck, didn't you? He's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which I, I love that. I love that. And I've got to say, I thought that Jodie was brilliant in this episode. Oh, she was. Just amazing. As usual, she just stole the show as the Doctor. Oh, no, she, really. She's a great actress, but I felt like she got given real great material. Yeah. And between, sort of... between this and Flux, definitely, you know? Mm. And to sort of see a bit more of her and Yaz's relationship came to blue. Yeah, and like, yeah. Oh, okay. I, it was this nice. It was nice me. seeing Dan as well. That I, I love. You know, when we first see them and they're in the TARDIS, and she mm. sets off the, the thing to reset it, basically. Uh, which you know we we don't have any explanation to why the TARDIS was fucking up in flux, but let's move past that. It's fine. It's fine. We just you know this, this is what we do in the chip and now. I understand. Something happens. And we don't expect an explanation for it. It's fine. No, it's you get two questions and one answer. Yeah, and and you'll like that, and that's it. That's all you get. And then, and can I just say as well, how cool, like the effect of the actual TARDIS, and they have seven seconds to get out. That how cool that looks. Yeah. But then also when they get out, and the TARDIS has all like the little like red cracks in it, or have you? How awesome was that design? It was really freaking like, dope. Just, beautiful you know you know and obviously it turns out that they're they're not where they were thought they were going to be they're in their storage place and what have you and, and uh it's not showing up where it's meant to go jack mm, that's, that's i know right yeah i tell you what <laughs> you, you you know i think i think back to the fifth doctor zero where he literally spent a year trying to get to heathrow <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then time flight happens. You're like, oh, I wish he never actually made it here. But still, oh, but still. I mean, yeah, no. I, I brought it up earlier, but I just love. Okay, these Daleks are the most evil creatures in the universe. They love killing and the like. How can they be even more vindictive? Or how about we just give their laser gun a machine gun function, just so they can add insult to injury and hit you multiple times? I know. I'm like, how? It's- how amazing is like the first like you know they have that gun because it stops the doctor from messing with their with their gun but also it means that they can kill the doctor without her regenerating because it's like so many shots and how cool is it that before the title sting we get the doctor and the companions all just killed killed (laughs) you know like it's if nothing else it's something new which is great, mm. you know? But, I mean, I, I'm sure people would say, oh yeah, heaven sent, but that's a very difficult, very specific time loop, and it's not really a time loop, it's a person... Spe- Let's not get into the specifications. You, you know what, sense, though? You know? That is, it's very different, though, and I'm glad that they did two, they've done two time loop episodes, and they are so greatly different. With mm. that, it, you, you repeat it, but it's, like, exactly almost the same. Yeah, Whereas with yeah. this... It's at minutes 
difference every single time and the fact that the Daleks know of the changes and they learn from the previous ones to come back at you that is makes it such urgency and to watch that episode so you're guessing with them and you're like oh shoot are they, are they going to do it this round and then bam they just get shot it's just yeah. oh it's it's such a good idea oh can i, can I talk about my favorite part of the episode okay, yeah, yeah. i've got a few favorite parts but dan says to yaz you ever told her mm. you ever told, oh and you have the beautiful just i in no way am i the person to talk about this being a you know cis straight white guy <laughs> but you have the as there and confirm you know Tasmin is canon and she has that beautiful bit where she's like you know she's like how long have you you know he, he's like how long have you known and she's like i don't know you know it's like you know and just yeah you know mandip girl just does such a, a brilliant job of that scene and then later on you have you know, Dan say to the doctor, Come on, you know how she feels. And he has the doctor sort of be aloof about it, which is, you know, I think it's so on character in character. I know some people have, you know, taken issue to basically Dan outing Yaz, which I can understand totally as a, I can totally, I can totally understand that, but I, I do, you know, and I'm not the person to speak to that. I'm really not, no. you know, but I felt so happy for people in the fandom, not myself, but you know, I did, I, I kind of wanted it by the end of things. I, I wanted, I wanted Thasmin to happen. I did. You, you but, know what though? Their relationship has been so good, especially through Flux, where mm. you really believe that these two characters had such great connection and yeah. the actors themselves have such great chemistry. Yeah. It really uh, does shine. For me, it was for my friends or for people I know that are LGBTQ, mm. for them to have that, I felt so happy for them in that moment, just genuinely. You know, and you have that beautiful moment at the end of the episode where the warehouse is up in flames and the Doctor and Yaz just share that look. And it's just like, mm. you know, you know, and it, it, the only thing that's ruins it for me a bit is that i just it makes me sad because i know it's going to end in tragedy because yeah we've got yeah. two episodes left you know we got the sea devils come in which i can't yes, wait in swing yeah the so. legend of sea devils and then we'll have the centenary special as well and then that'll be it for jodie whittaker and presumably mandip gill as well and it does make me a bit sad it does but then I feel like this is the Doctor's life and this was happy. You know, you look at Rose, you look at Clara, you know, people that fall in love with the Doctor. You look at River Song even. Yeah. Things don't end well for them, do they? It's, I think Doctor Who, it's always about the journey. A lot of the companions know that their time with the Doctor, it's not going to last forever. But... It's what you take away from that journey. It's those experiences, things that you never get to do in your regular life. And mm. I think that's something that even us as viewers, you know, we know that it's a TV show. We know that it's not real per se, but to us, to travel with these companions 
with the doctor on these journeys to feel like we're part of that and to feel those emotions through them yeah it, absolutely you know the companions are our eyes into this world and we mm-hmm. you know i think um was it? i think russell davis said it uh you know it's like you know everyone wants to be the doctor he wants to be the companion because yeah. you're going on that journey and it's like yeah it is so spectacular it's so brilliant so amazing and can i just say what i what i've just learned today because Gallifrey One is happening over in the States right now, which is a massive Doctor Who convention, or like the Doctor Who convention in America. Right, okay? Okay. Matt Stevens, who is executive producer on uh, Series 11, 12, and, Th- and Flux as well, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, revealed today that Phasmin happened because of Jodie. No. Because Jodie Whittaker saw that fans wanted it to happen and went and said... I made it happen for them. Damn straight. Oh, that's awesome, Jody. Mad props like, to you. Yeah. You know, as if as if we needed any more reasons to love Jodie Whittaker. You know, congratulations on your pregnancy as well. I know you won't be listening to this, but congratulations on your, you know, recent oh, pregnancy yeah. as well. You know, it's fantastic, right. genuinely, you know. But yeah, no, it's it made me happy, really, really happy to hear that, you know. And then, you know, of course the people started pitching the you know, people start going, oh, it wasn't planned or what have you. It's like, well, these people obviously haven't read the writer's journey, finding out that the Time Lords were, were, weren't coming back until mm-hmm. in the end of time until a certain thing happened, and they weren't going to be evil until a certain thing happened. Like, none of that was planned out, but, you know, but, you know, there's always going to be people that just dislike this era and just try and push it, push their own agenda forward like that. You know, and I say that as someone who hasn't enjoyed a lot of this era personally. I really enjoyed Flux and the odd episode here and there, but you know, it's all Doctor Who, and a lot of people enjoy this. So why should we shit on it? Because of you know, that's that's just my you know. I feel you know, there's a time for constructive criticism, and I'll quite happily have that here with you. God, you know, I'm so happy that I said, or I felt like we said everything we possibly could about the Timeless Children in that episode, that I never have to say anything about it again, you know? And you know what? At the end of the day, I think every incarnation of the Doctor, every season, is going to resonate with different fans. Like, for many people, Jodie Whittaker and her companions, they're going to be the first Doctor for them. Yeah. Like um, Christopher Eccleston was for us. And for other people, it's going to be Tom Baker. And I think they're all going to have different opinions. They're all going to like stuff or dislike stuff that's introduced. And I think that's okay. You know, I, I don't necessarily think there is always a white answer. I mean, we can certainly be vocal and Oh, if there's if there's one uh, thing that Doctor Who fans are, it's vocal. But that's I think is a side effect of passion. You know, I've I've been on that spectrum as well. I've been passionate about something that when I've heard something I'm not liked, I I've had to hold myself back and think for a second, would I want my parents to read this? Yes, you know, exactly. Um... <laughs> and I think it's a lot of people take their own opinion and their own likes for something, they see that as the superior thing. And it's like, oh, how dare you like this? I, you know, I had a conversation with someone today about dinosaurs on the spaceship. 
you know, regular, regular listeners to this podcast will know my thoughts on dinosaurs of the big spaceship. They said they enjoyed it. And I said, hey, look, it's not for me. But I said, hey, look, it's not for me. Power to you. I'm really glad you like mm. it. You know, there are some parts of it I do actually really like, you know, and that's that's how I feel about things. You know? Whenever I try and talk, when I ever talk to someone on Twitter, I try and respect their opinion. And that's just being a dickhead, you know, mm. as some, you know, not my doctor people are. It's, you know, in my in my opinion, and I've said it before, you know, there has not been a bad actor to play the doctor. There's not. Every single one mm. of them is a success. And if you have an issue with a female doctor, get out of here because mm. she's the doctor, whether you like it or not. No, hundred percent agree, mate. I think every doctor has had their shining moments. Every doctor has just given something new to the character, has made them really stand out. And yeah, just as I was saying, I'm I'm trying to think of anything else to bring out about either the Daleks. I. I just thought it was just a really fun, um, creative take on the Groundhog Day yeah. story and mm. advance the characters in ways that yeah, I you know I, I I have I you know my, my main gripes with the episode sort of go towards the character of Nick, you know, I also feel a little bit like maybe we have a few more explanations and a few more sort of like things from Flux cleared up. Because we're going into two episodes left now. It seems pretty much like the next episode is just going to be Sea Devils. Yeah. I'm not expecting any explanations in that. And, like, why was the TARDIS suddenly dying? Was it just because of the flux? Was it something that uh, that um, Swarm and Azir did? Was it that? Are we going to see Swarm and Azir again? Or are they just dead? You know? I really hope they're not just dead because I loved them and I'll be so gutted if they just poofed yeah. out like that. Well, that's the thing. Are they just going to poof out or is it is is the Centenary special just going to be the master? But, like, what's going to happen? That's, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like we, uh, we, need, we, we were owed a few more explanations than we got. For flux, yeah. you know, but you know that's 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 a flux thing. That's not an even the Daleks thing, you know. Even the Daleks take it for what it is, rather than dra- you know grading it on stuff that wasn't in the episode. Just enjoying it for what it was, in my opinion. Yeah, I think if you write an episode based on what it doesn't have, then that is just going to weaken your enjoyment. If you can just take an episode for what it is, like. Oh, uh, I think uh, midnight was no good. There was no Daleks in it. <sighs> midnight bad don't, episode. No Dalek. Don't, don't you dare, Jack. Don't you dare. <laughs> don't you. Don't you touch midnight. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Do you know what? Do you know what Vincent the Doctor is missing? Go on, Jack. The fucking Nymon. Like, put the Nimmon in there. Like, come on, just sprinkle in some Nimmon. How many Nimmon have you seen today? Well, that was our podcast here, folks. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> um... Dude. Oh, my God. Um, I don't know if there was anything else you wanted to bring up about either the Daleks, but um, following that discussion about um, fans being vocal about something that they don't agree with, um, 
I've actually got a little bit of a, another little topic that I wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah. Well, I tell you what, you, you've made a nice little segue into something there. Is it all right if I jump on quick? Yeah, yeah, please. Right. Well, we have a new show coming out from underneath the An Awful Lot of Running uh, umbrella, if you will. Um, it's still going to be part of our podcast line. It will still be An Awful Lot of Running. It'll still be an episode of that. But we have An Awful Lot of Running battles and fandom coming to you now to you guys as well now um i want you to think for lack of a better term screen junkies movie fights but doctor who we're gonna have three combatants every episode who have to debate different doctor who topics to then be crowned a winner to be crowned top doctor who fan that episode and it's just gonna be a lot of fun a lot of fun and I can't wait to get onto that first episode. I'm I'm so excited to have these like absolute wonderful, friendly, funny people joining us on this cast and debating as well, trying to convince us the judges like which one of us is going to be the Simon Cowell of the judges. I don't know, but uh... <laughs> they're not singing. They're not. They're not fucking singing Doctor in Distress every like. Come on, bro. Like, no, like, like who who is who is who sings Doctor in who is going got. to sing Doctor in Distress the best? Go on, you go first, uh, Mister Tardis. Doctor in Distress. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, we we have our first guest lineup actually, uh, which I will quite happily reveal here because I've revealed it on Twitter already. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. our first episode, our combatants will be Rassilon Productions, Davis. And Philip Hawkins. So, if you want to see a great bout between some Doctor Who friends who are hopefully going to be stay friends after battling oh, out with each do. other, um, <laughs> join us! Join us for the upcoming Doctor Who battles in fandom. Oh, we, we've got some white bangers of questions lined up for that. I oh have to yeah, say. and you know, I'll look forward to future episodes getting questions from some of you listeners as well because it'd be oh, great nice. to get a lot of that in there as well because i really loved our tuddy blitter segment with uh, <laughs> josh carr there you go josh just uh, making sure i'm not saying the wrong thing i'm not i'm not i'm not impeaching on you don't worry but, you know robin what you what were you gonna say uh no no it's, it's good it's, it's good that you uh segued way into that and uh revealed our kind of big announcement and our plans for the show because we're we're both very passionate about this. We both want to give fantastic content and, you know, to mix it up, you know, and to throw a curveball here and there. It's always good fun. Um, no, I wanted to bring up some other news in Doctor Who, something that is um, I'm passionate about. Um, Doctor Who is getting a, a Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition um, supplement, which um First of all, I am incredibly excited for. I'm I incredibly excited. Dragons. I love Critical Woe. I love all these communities. Dimension 20. I'm finishing the Fantasy High videos right now, which are wonderful oh, stuff. Brendan Lee Mulligan. Yes. Oh, he's he's really inspired some of my GM now, I have <laughs> to say. Um, he's great. He is great. Um, but yeah. This news came out just, um, I think it was a couple of days ago, 
Um, yeah, I think released. it's just yesterday, actually, from Gallifrey One, actually, I think mm. it was released, yeah. Who, they do some fantastic stuff, their company, and for me and Jack, when we both heard the news, we were so excited about it. Yeah. Um, Doctors and Daleks, it's Dungeons and Dragons, but Doctor Who, like, with the 5e system, you got me, because I know how to run 5e. And I can yeah. do that easy, you know? It's a, it's an accessible, popular system, which we know works. Um, so, you know, if it's not if it's not broke, don't fix it. And D&D is probably the most well-known role-playing system mm-hmm. that is. So mm-hmm. it's so accessible for newcomers, especially as its popularity is just booming in recent years, especially its appearance through Red Nose and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, mm-hmm. There's been a lot of backlash for it, um, which has been quite sad because, um, oh, excuse me, Emmett uh, Bryan, I believe the name is, one of, I believe the director of the company was uh, bringing it up on Twitter, saying, yeah, they, they were understandably going to be getting some people who are maybe a bit against the idea or a bit confused by the idea, but it seems as if there's been a lot of people who've been really hitting hard on it and been saying really horrible you know things. It, it goes back to what my, my mother once told me. If you don't have something nice to say, you don't say nothing at all. Like, mm. come on. Like, I'm really excited for this. I know you're excited. If you're not excited, does it really affect you in any way? Do you even need to... Does it even need to take up any brain space? Is basically what I'm saying. Mm. You know, just let people fucking enjoy shit. You know, as long as they're not, as long as they're not actually actively hurting someone, just let them yeah. enjoy it. You know, and you know, I I get some of the arguments and worries. You know, Doctor Who, you wouldn't necessarily describe it as a battle-heavy series, where Dungeons and Dragons that's a very combat-heavy system. And for that, okay, but then. The company that have making this, uh, Crucible 7, I believe they are, they have an existing Doctor Who system. Yeah. Two editions of it, mm-hmm. which help with that side of things. And for those who think D&D is purely combat, that's not true at all. You can have social encounters. You can have puzzle encounters. Oh, yeah. You know, and, you you know you 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 only led into an into a you know fighting encounter if that's where you go you know mm. and yeah that's where D and D is based but you could I'm fairly certain you could still have it you know in Doctor Who and have it work you know like genuinely I mean don't get me wrong I I can't wait to Eldritch Blast a fucking adipose uh child <laughs> child but you know that's the thing because I think a lot of people think of this as just regular companions and regular everyday people in Doctor Who and the system. Me, my first thought was I want to take my fantasy party, put them inside the TARDIS and have space and time shenanigans. Like, well, and if, if you can tell me that I can have a Lupari barbarian team up with an Ood warlock, like that would be sick as hell. <laughs> I was about to say, being there, done that, got the t-shirt, seeing as my, you know, D&D one-shot I ran had the final boss be a Dalek. Like, you know. <laughs> and it featured the Seventh Doctor in it as well. So, playing Merlin. So, you know, 
But yeah, no, you got me now. Lupari, but oh my god, yes, you got like, me. Come on, folks, just have fun with that, and you could do so much. Hell, oh you my god, oh my god, set inside of the TARDIS. I, like, I want, I want to play. I want to play an Ood rogue character and just have it be Brian, <laughs> just Brian the Ood, <laughs> and Mister Ball. <laughs> Mr. Ball oh. says that I should kill you now. And just, oh, I, I, I'm sold. I'm sold. See, that's how you do it. That is the funness. And to have something that is accessible for newcomers and people that are familiar to the system, to yes. bring them something that they love. Like, sorry, I just had to bring it up because I think it's worth bringing up. And I felt it was relevant oh, yeah. to this discussion about people being a no, bit no. Um, yeah, you know, shall we say? it's you know, hey, you know, it, we're Doctor Who fans, could be worse, we could be Star Wars fans. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I think that's maybe a, another podcast in itself. Yeah, we well, let's, let's not talk about fan ownership again. We've done that podcast, mm. we've been there, we've done that. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, um. um Unless you have anything else to add, Jack, maybe you can give me my after-dinner mint, my little um, cannon buster, as it were. Oh, I didn't do this one like, this week. No? What? No, of course I fucking did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have a little tasty morsel for the cannon uh, for you, Robin. Oh. Um, so I, I spoke before that I've been listening to a lot of uh, Big Finish. And uh, I decided to listen to the anthology story, the uh, 100th monthly event release, that being called 100. The first story in this, uh, which, by the way, Robin, features the sixth Doctor and his companion, Evelyn Smythe, who is God-tier Big Finish companion, by the way. (laughs) Um, In this story called 100 BC, um, the Doctor and Evelyn... Uh, arrive in Rome in 101 BC, approximately uh, October, and basically what happens in this story is, Robin, is that they believe that they prevent the conception of Julius Caesar. (laughs) Oh God, where is this going? So, they arrive at a they meet Julius Caesar's father out in the street who invites them back to his house. His wife um, was waiting for him, not expecting company and wanting a different kind of a uh, Friday night. <laughs> and yeah, the doctor and Evelyn believe that them being there then prevents the birth of Julius Caesar. Oh my God. So they think they go forward in time nine months then to the birth of Julius Caesar, right? Mm-hmm. When they get there, Julius Caesar is no entity, but Julia Caesar is born. <laughs> they have a little girl instead. So then the doctor is faced with more quandary where he has to go and go back in time to make them <laughs> <laughs> and it's like making strawberries and 
like truffles oh, and all these oh. aphrodisiacs and what have you, basically just <laughs> trying to get them to bang to make Julius Caesar. <laughs> but Evelyn, who is brilliant, uh, brilliantly played by the late Maggie Staples, is there going, well, actually, what would what would perhaps the world could be better off actually with, you know. Julius Caesar, with a woman in charge. Think how better the world would be if. The... So she's then there trying to prevent. <laughs> <laughs> so the doctor, the sixth doctor, is trying to get them to have marital relations. <laughs> and Evelyn. Trying to skirt about just saying bloody sex, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Evelyn is uh, trying to. <laughs> Put the kibosh on that and be the biggest buzzkill that she possibly can oh be. My God. What? What is this in again, Jack? Because I've got, I've got to enjoy this now. Like, this is a. This is one hundredth. This is the one hundredth uh, monthly adventure release. Did do, do, do you want the twist at the end? Uh, do you want the twist at the end, Robin? I, I've, I've got to now. Yeah. Okay. So it turns out. It was all fine. It was all safe. They didn't actually prevent the birth, the conception of Julius Caesar, because the TARDIS had got it wrong. The TARDIS oh had them God. actually. Um, they when they arrive, they'd already been basically. It got it mixed up when they went back. When they thought they went forward in time to see the birth of Julius Caesar, they'd actually gone back in time, and saw the birth of his sister. So the entire time, it was actually all right. Just this back to the future nonsense of the Doctor being like, oh, companion, we've got to go back in time and make sure that Julius Caesar is born. Just, oh, my oh, God. Why, why was it Capaldi? Why was why was it Capaldi? Like, God, we've got to go back and make sure that, that Julius Caesar's mother and father fuck each other's brains out. <laughs> oh, my God. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I'll take that. I, I mean, I did an awful, awful dot bound impression just then, but you, you, you saved it with that to thank you. And just I'll take that. I don't, this... I don't know where that came from. I thought that was a pretty good Twelfth Doctor impression. You know, I, now I'm just this, this sitcom shit of just being like getting all the aphrodisiacs out, and then someone else just doing some other shit. Just this, this sounds like this should be on. A theatrical play or something. Just... Oh my god, it's straight up fast. And if you think that's mm. good, um, the 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 one after that, like the, I'm gonna be honest, they're all gold. The one after that on this anthology is written by Robert Sherman, right? Oh okay, yeah. so already like yeah. Um yeah, it yeah. features it features Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart in it, right? Okay. So already thing, and that one is just uh Hell of a trip. Uh, What's it called? My own private Wolfgang, and it's just amazing. Like this is like one hundred is going down. It's like one of my favorite big finish ever. Ever genuinely so good. Mm. You know. Oh. Look at me now. I'm gonna have to start writing twelve Doctor audios now, aren't I? Like, Carla, yeah. we've got to, we've got to go back. Ah. <laughs> uh. I mean, make that. Fucking yeah, just that in. like, 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 like. Think about it. You know, last time we had the planet that shagged uh, other planets to death, <laughs> yes. and now we've got the Doctor 
trying to get Julius Caesar's parents to bang. So, Oof. Oof. you know, this, this, this podcast gets saucy. You know, this I know Doctor after hours. Know. You know. Like, this is this is Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the fans stay for. This is, but uh... this is you know, this isn't Doctor. This is more Doctor. Where are your trousers? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, wow. This is, yeah. Let's let's let's. I maybe we should wrap this up before we uh, go off the rails any further, eh? Yes, yes. Let's uh, let's do that, Jack. Yeah. Well, join us uh, on the next exciting adventure of an awful lot of running, a Doctor Who podcast, where we will be joined by community show um, presenter and all-around amazing guy Jack Reeves to chat about his work on the Doctor Who community show to talk about. Um, Doctor Who Road, his other creative genius and different projects, and also our f- top five multi-doctor moments. Mm. So join Thank us next you. time for that. We have been Jack and Robin. This has been an awful lot of running. A Doctor Who podcast. I was about to say it there. I had to beat myself with a stick there. <laughs> Doc- a Doctor Who podcast. A we are an awful lot of running. A Doctor Who podcast. This has been us off the rails and thanks for tuning in to Ralph and Al. Bye.